Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. We were so upbeat last week, but what a difference a week makes. FFP investigation. Yeah, heard about that? Yeah. And we've been investigated by the FA, UEFA, the Premier League, Poirot, Colombo. It takes uh, a dodgy offside goal to break down and uh, see off plucky Watford. And then to cap all that, if that wasn't enough, Pep is leaving City to join Juventus. So to discuss that and much more, three of my favourite guests were on last week. So we're going to put up with these three instead. Welcome this week again to Stato Paul Demby. Hi there. To View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello. And the David Dickinson of the Man City show, David Blakeney. Hello. <laughs> so the Man City show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Um, listen, let's start with Watford. It's never easy to break down a team who plays six at the back, four in front. That's never easy, is it, David? No. And um, that's what they did. And they did it well for that half. And um, maybe a bit of good fortune broke that up because... Once we got the first, then they opened up. Uh, we had a, a tweet from, from an old friend, actually. I'll, I'll come to you first, Stato, of, of uh, Stephen and myself, uh, Dan. He said he's going to listen. He's actually a Watford fan. Took the trouble to tweet, and he said he hopes that we're going to give Watford credit. Um, can you try and find something for us to give Watford credit for, please? The only credit I could give them is for most of the first half. They defended reasonably well. We only had one clear-cut chance, which Aguero should have scored, the header. Other than that, I can't give them credit for anything else. Yeah, we're a bit fortunate with the, the first goal, but over a period of a season, it always evens itself out. We've had bad luck as well. And, yeah, I can't think of anything else to give them credit for. Um, nothing. But, but this, it is difficult. It's this no ambition that, that gets me down. It's not, I can understand people you know, lining up with sort of you know, five or six at the back, whatever they need to do, but then they just kind of they come up to the halfway line and then they lose it because there's nowhere to go with it, and it just, it just comes back again. Totally right. I mean, your, your original question was, what can I give them credit for? Nothing, except maybe the first four to five minutes where they're defending well. Other than that, you're right. All they ever do is defend deep, never get the ball beyond the halfway line. I think we've only had one shot on against us in now in two matches. Maybe I think they have maybe had a second one later on. It's I can ridiculous. give you a stato, stato. Go on. Are you ready for this? So how many shots... In the last three games, have, have, have opponents managed to put in against Manchester I, City? I so, last what, three games, to remind you, that's West Ham United, Bournemouth and Watford. How many shots against City? Well, Bournemouth was zero. I think Watford was two. West Ham, I don't recall them having any, to be honest. So it's probably two in the three games. It was actually four. West Ham had two. So, that's oh, four shots in the last three games against right, City. It's incredible yeah. from our perspective. It really is. But it also shows their lack of ambition that when they play us nowadays... All teams are just trying to lock down and defend to the hilt. It's really hard to play against us. You can understand why teams pack the defence in the midfield and, and just try to contain. But you look at, at the sides who've had more success against us. If you think Leicester, you know, defending numbers, 
but with Vardy, they've always got a threat. Um, Crystal Palace, defending numbers, but with Zaha and Townsend, they've always got a threat. Newcastle could always lump it long to Rondon. Kind of what teams like Watford, who literally, it is like the cliche of it's like a training ground match. You know, we're just going to at some point break them down. They're going to have to have the game, all of them, all of their defenders would have to have the game of their lives and we'd have to be off form and miss chances for them to get a point. And when you look at the number of quality attacking players we've got, all it takes is one defensive mistake or one loss of concentration and we'll be through. So you can understand teams parking the bus against us. It's, you know, you're probably better off doing that than actually trying to press and, and come out and play against us. But you've also got to be able to at least hold the ball up or have a threat so that it's, it's not just wave after wave after wave of City attack. Well, yeah. So I think one or two of our players were poor the first half and one in particular, I thought Mares lost it how many times in the first half? He was disappointing. And when things broke... In those situations, if we lose the ball, things break down pretty quickly and we were losing it far too often in the first half. Are you an anti Mares person? We, no, we, I'm we not. Talk, I, think I, like, I want him to I do well. I challenge you, Mr. Blaine, so it suggests you are an anti Mares person. When he's playing like he's playing, I think he's poor. Bernardo and Silva didn't have a great season first season. Look at him now. No, I'm not saying he's going to be poor next season, but on Saturday, he lost the ball a number of times, and that's when things break down. Uh, Morris, I thought, didn't have a great game. I thought he, had, he put some good crosses in as well. Uh, I thought, although Sterling was man of the match, you could really rephrase that as man of the 13 minutes. Because exactly. in the first half, I didn't think he had a particularly good yeah. half at all. He wouldn't be you my know, man of the match. I have no. a problem with this. I've said this I, before. Someone who scores three goals is automatically man of the match, which I, is a I agree. nonsense. I thought Zinchenko had another solid game yet again for us. I thought Aguero ran really hard as well. Bernardo Silva and even David Silva had a better game. And than you haven't mentioned the, the man of the match yet. Well, Gundogan had an, another good game. Definitely. Hands down. Stephen Allwise, who write, writes for a national newspaper, believe it or not, and I respect Stephen Allwise. I think he's a good lad, and, and he writes well. I do. And he writes well. And he speaks well when he comes on this show. Do you know who he had as his man of the match? If you read the national newspaper, what he writes in, he had David Silva. Now, I understand his mum's given him a hard time for that, and Nigel Rothman's going to give you a hard time. Why David Silva? He had a few nice touches. Gundogan all day long, Stephen. Uh, no. Um, what do you mean no? It's hard. Non, none of them in the first half, you could say, played well. We just didn't really have any zip. Um, and it was just a bit flat and it's tough to play against a 10-man defence. But, you know, we didn't have any intensity. But in the second half, of course, Sterling got the goals and people think he's brilliant. Although I agree with Pep afterwards, who, who kind of picked up on areas to improve. Silva just gave us that creativity and control and it was his pass I think that created um was it maybe the second or third the third goal and he he was the one who when it looked like we were just struggling a touch to unlock that pack defense he was the one who just had the vision just had the creativity I don't think he was more than a seven out of ten but when kind of the whole team are kind of fairly level um I thought he was the one we turned to I thought he had a better game than he has. It's fair to say Silver's one of the players you could potentially pick out who's maybe not been playing to his full potential the last few weeks. But uh, yeah, had a better game, but certainly not as good as Gundogan. Um, well, listen, we're looking forward to VAR, aren't we, David? Because, yeah. you know, what a, what a nonsense that was. I know. Offside all day long. VAR will solve everything when it comes in, of course, won't well, it? I said before. It'll be sorted. I we said won't have before. any discussions in any podcast, any will, newspapers, it, any punters on TV. It'll all be sorted with VAR. It will help. Ah. But 
as I said before, and I've just read it in the paper now, which is replicates what I've just said, that VIR, we need the rule makers to make the rules a bit clearer. What's not clear? Well, what's not clear? Yeah. Uh, I would say intentional off, um, handball. So the handballs that have happened to both us and um, with the United the other day, that was a bit unclear. Are they penalties or not? No, that, that anyway, go on. I'll, I'll hear you out first. So all I'm saying head. is, is it needs to be clear of the rules. Because yeah. how can you make a decision on VAR if you don't know the rules? But we've been playing laws, the laws saying, actually. But we've right. been playing to the same laws for, for quite a while. So, so Stato, come on, the VAR will solve everything. Yes, VAR will assist greatly. The goal on Saturday that we scored, the first goal, would have been offside, and would it, it was offside. Would it? Well, the interpretation of the law, according to all those people that I respect that came back with the law, said that. He was interfering with play because he made the move forward to the ball. Had he not made the move forward to the ball, he wouldn't have been in the position that it would have bounced off him into the goal. Therefore, most people seem to think that he was in an offside position. Now, I'm not an expert on the law. I leave that to referees and people who look at VAR who are supposed to be experts. But the law needs to be clear so that we have proper guidance and the players understand. Was the Ottomani handball against Schalke deliberate handball? Was the PSG player deliberate handball? I don't know that they necessarily either of them would deliberate handball were the intention with, with their hands going towards the ball. Clearly not. But the rules need tanning, not VAR. Stephen, are you with me here? I, I'm with Paul. I think that's... It's so complex. Any, forget for a second what the law says. Anyone looking at that Sterling incident just knows it's offside. Whether, you know, he's... he's the defender's touched the ball onto him or he's interfering because he's made a move for the ball or, or what have you. He's offside. The problem is, the, and I think the, the linesman flagged because he knew he was offside, but then it becomes a question of, did the defender get to the ball and hit it onto Sterling or was Sterling interfering because he made a move for the ball or what? You know the sequence of events? It's just totally complex. Same with handball. You know, I think originally it was probably brought in to try and simplify everything. Is it deliberate or not? And now every time we talk about handball, it's was he looking at the ball? Was his arm in an unnatural position? Was he moving it behind his back? Was it, you know, the distance? Did he have a, did he have a clenched fist? Yeah, the distance between the, the ball and the man when it was... It's, it's taken away from the simplicity of it. And now, I don't, when it comes to those decisions, I don't think VAR helps because it's purely subjective. Um, I agree completely with Stato. It, it's the law that, that needs tweaking. Yeah, well, I mean, you said it. I don't think it will help. Uh, I genuinely do not think it will help. And if we take those two handballs as a situation, and if we take the strength of one in particular against PSG, okay, we've got a situation where the ball is hit and the on-field referee said, it's a corner, yeah? Somebody said something to his ear, so he goes and have a look at it, and for some reason, then, it, well, it's the person in his ear or whatever, but his opinion either changes or someone changes his opinion. And as I said a million times before on this show, it's all about opinion at the end of the day. And VAR is not going to help that in any way, shape or form. It and does. didn't. It, it actually got it worse. No, it, it does help because it... It stops the, the, the blatant yeah. errors. It and also, the no, games are so fast. The games are so fast. The referee, as human, will not see everything that physically happens. He might have missed the fact that it struck him on the arm. If he missed it and can see it clearly on a video replay, then he's getting clarity as to what the decision should have been. He can quite rightly, as happens in tennis, as happens in cricket and in lots of other sports, I made a mistake, therefore I'm going to change my decision. But Paul, you said that that was never handball. 
I didn't say that. I'd said the law needs tightening up to, so that an interpretation is clearer. I didn't say it was never a handball. Ultimately, it's going to come down to opinion at the end of the day. Yeah, yes, the referee's opinion. Exactly. That's well, my point. Yeah, on better information to make that decision. VR will provide better yeah. information. It was, was it a couple of games ago, um, maybe West Ham, when Aguero got the penalty, or scored the penalty that I think Bernardo was brought down? Now, that, the ref gave it, no VAR, obviously. But if that had gone to VAR, it, it probably needed four or five replays of watching it to actually think, yeah, it's soft, but it, it probably is a penalty. Now, if the ref doesn't give that, and it, you know, next season it goes to VAR, should it be reviewed because you need a few different replays and, and it's quite soft? Or is VAR only there to correct the absolute blatant errors? You need those guidelines, don't you? Yeah. Offside, think, offside in theory should be simple. It's either offside or it isn't. The ball's crossed the line or it hasn't. Any decision is more subjective. Correct. And, and people said that VAR will solve everything. And that's the, kind of the, the quotes I was throwing at you before we started here. The situation is with that handball in particular against PSG. You had a situation where actually VAR has created more discussion, more debate, more indecision and more frustration and disagreement. It hasn't actually brought anything to the party. It's made it more unclear, not clearer in that situation. And I, I believe, genuinely believe in my heart of hearts, there will be more situations like that if VAR is brought, sadly, when VAR is brought in next season. It will not be as clear as VAA sort, VAR sorts everything. It won't. It'll create more discussion. And I don't know why we can't just have the on-field referee make the decision and get on with it and accept it's part of the game. It's what happens. Not that I feel strongly about it, of course. <laughs> um, if, if you have a view, let us know. Uh, we're on Twitter, at City Podcast, and, and let us know. Um, Javi Garcia, if I don't know, is that how you say his name? I think so. Something yeah. like Close that. Close enough. Something like He made seven changes. Yeah. Obviously, they've got Javi the FA Gracia. Cup. Garcia was our former midfielder. Oh, how do you pronounce it, then? Javi Gracia. Is he Gracia? Okay, very good. Thank you, Stephen. He's, he's man swap of the A and the R. Man of many talents. Um, so, made seven changes. So, going back to Dan Cohen's question... Um, you suppose you could give them some credit. So with a with a team with with that many changes in it, I suppose they, they did all right. <coughs> yeah. oh, go on, David. Well, I think he made the changes for two reasons. A, obviously the cup in mind, but I think he made those changes to play the way he wanted to play. So it wasn't just the changes for the FA Cup. It's to be fairly defensive, and that's worked for him. To be fair, in fact, it worked for him quite well. So I thought he did the right thing. Uh, so let's talk about Sterling then, um, particularly. Uh, leaving the offside f- f- to one side. <laughs> um, Stephen, your thoughts on his 13-minute hat-trick? And everybody's saying, you know, potentially this is a PFA player of the year. He's, he's put himself in contention here. The improvement in this individual under Pep, everybody's talking about. He's, been, he's a different player. Yeah, he's been brilliant this season. I think his downfall might, if you know, if we win the league, because PFA players normally chosen from from that winning team, will have had a lot of players who've had very good seasons. And you know, whereas in you know, if you look at Liverpool, you'd probably say Van Dijk's their their standout this season. You look at City, you could make a case for Aguero, make a case for Bernardo, could make a case for Sterling. You know, th- that's where votes could be split. He's he's been brilliant for, you know, when Pep came in, I thought that was, I remember thinking that's a big time for Sterling. Hadn't really done a, a brilliant job under Pellegrini. 
and Pep's very demanding. You think Sterling's might might not be technically as good as the rest of our attackers, but he's got something different. He's quick and he commits defenders. But he's added so much to his game. He's now, you know, if you're looking at any of our wingers, he's the first one you'd pick in the team. He's a threat and he's a constant threat. And yes, he still commits defenders and runs at them and makes things happen. But he can go either way. He can link up with our other players. He's, he's having a phenomenal season. And he also knows where to go when the crosses are coming in. The number of goals he's scored from three, four, five yards Tappens, out, yeah. he, he just can read a game. He's scored, the same goal he scored at the weekend was classic Sterling. Yeah. You know, two or three yards out, he can see the ball's going to be pulled back, and he's read the game to get into that position. Yes, he might occasionally miss them, but he's always there. I think he's had a fantastic season. And it, for me, it could be, uh, as Steve just said, any one of those three. Mara's Mar- not your favourite, David, but no. Sterling's up there, isn't he, this season? It's great, yeah. You have confidence now he's going to finish. Yeah. And, you know, even for England, that last game he played when he got the two goals, he was just, I'm going to score. Mm. And and he's gone from every time you think he might score and he misses, he just bangs it in. And I think what he showed in those 7.30 minutes was he, he was a finisher now. And I thought, you know, he, he really helped us big time. I, I know all, all the three goals say something different about him. Yeah. The first, obviously, lucky, but... He's the one darting in Made behind happen, yeah. and, and trying to close down. The second one, as you said before, in the right place. Think how many goals he scores like that. You know, you don't see Sane scoring many. Just He kind of seems to hang back when the ball's coming into the box. And the third goal was, again, he's made a good run and, and then finished it really neatly and showed composure at the little dink at the end, not, not tried to blast it. He's got the lot. Brilliant. Um, in terms of their goal, David, I suppose it's disappointing, isn't it? They make two substitutions, yeah. uh, predictable who these go. We know who these guys are coming on. We could just completely switched off, didn't we? And, and that's Fast that's frustrating straight. and disappointing, yeah. isn't it? For a team, goal difference might, you know, we're okay, but you don't want to concede goals like that. that the pet must be furious, I would have yeah. thought, with that, wasn't it? I, that was, I mean, I was sitting right behind it, and I just everyone just, especially Ottomendi, they just went to sleep. He didn't realise, you know, and he just switched off and... I think Osamendi has been playing pretty well for us, but just that moment, I just think they got caught out. Just bad luck. Good, good teams defend well. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very soft goal to give away. I mean, company sort of got muscled out of it when they went for the ball. I think Dini out jumped him, and then Osamendi switched off, and the ball went to the attack to Defeo, and it was an easy goal for him to score. But question marks against better teams that would raise. Can we talk about the other bits that I talked about in the introduction then, sort of starting with FFP? And uh, it appears that almost everybody uh, is <coughs> investigating us at the moment. Uh, I think even our engineer here has is, is got some sort of papers out. He's looking into a few emails he's got from some German newspaper as well. So um, your thoughts, Paul, on is this going to... Is this a conspiracy? Is this going to derail City? Is it? What are your views? Lots of different views floating around. Just interested in, in, in yours, really. Well, clearly... Um, the newspapers think that there is something there. It's going to drag on through the courts if this does get serious. City have got a lot of financial muscle to sort of defend themselves in the courts. What's the worst-case scenario from what I'm reading at the moment? A ban from Europe, perhaps. Is that the end of the world? Not in my opinion, it isn't. Some people might be upset about it. Are we going to get points deducted? I can't see how they can do that because the precedents of Liverpool have done the same thing in the past when they've uh, been p- paying for players to come on board. We'll possibly get a ban from signing young players if the Sancho story is proved to be correct. 
there's lots of options for them to do, but I'm, I, I don't know enough about what we have done wrong. Clearly, there's a lot of issues there. I hope we haven't done anything wrong, but I, couldn't, I just don't, I'm not close enough to the club to know. A lot of people talk about a sort of city conspiracy, the fact that you've got the big, the big European clubs and we're trying to sort of muscle in and they're doing everything they can to make sure that monopoly is not kind of broken up. Did, did you buy that, David? Well, I think it's quite hard to actually know who's saying what. They're saying all the foreign owners are ganging up on us. Um, you know, these are emails that were hacked. So, in theory, stolen emails, yeah. So is that allowed to be evidence when you're stealing people's emails? Cities say the emails were out of context, so none of us know. But there's definitely, uh, you know, uh, a real gathering of momentum here. And um, if you want the honest truth, if we miss one season in Europe, I don't care. Is it going to impact us on the pitch, Stephen? I suppose a lot of City fans, I guess, would agree with Stato and David. One season out of Europe, fine. Actually, we just want to kind of win silverware and win football matches and have the best team and play the best football. It's what most fans kind of want, isn't it, I guess? Is it going to impact on that, do you think, potentially? I think it would only impact on the pitch if we were banned from signing players. I don't think, if your question is, you know, are the players affected by all this talk? I don't think so. I think the, that it's not going, to, not going to impact on performances. It's, as both of the guys have said, it's... It's so complex and we're only hearing top-line snippets of everything. You know, you think if we're breaking the rules, then we probably should be investigated. If kind of the information's only leaked out through hacking and they actually are secret emails, then, you know, raises another question. Should we be investigated based on that? You know, the problem with FFP is, you know, we're told originally it's brought in to kind of save your club against dodgy owners and kind of mitigate against that turns out that it's there really to protect the big clubs and you know we were actually quite lucky with FFP I know we're being investigated and and we may have pushed boundaries but now we are one of the big cartel no other club can do what we did we were probably the last year we could have spent all that money invested massively ahead of returns you know if you're if you're Everton or a Leicester and you're kind of seventh or eighth biggest now you can't do that there's protection for the big six against that happening and it's just on a wider scale within Europe. So the kind of premise of FFP being brought in was to stop someone like City then breaking into the big elite level. Um, but if we've done something wrong, which it kind of sounds like we have done, then you know, we, we, should, kind of, we should be expected to face the punishments. Sure. Uh, and what about Pep then, David? I mean, there's all these rumours that... Uh, Juventus, he's going to leave at the end of the season. He's clearly sort of nipped back in the bud pretty, pretty positively. Has, yeah. do, do you believe him or do you believe the press reports? I think they probably approached him and I think I can't see why he would want to go there. I think he's enjoying himself where he is and he's getting all the adulation. I think he's got unfinished business and he's not going to leave us until he gets to where he wants to be. I don't see the point of him going to Juventus. In the, to be honest, it's the equivalent in Italy of going to PSG in France yeah. at the moment. It's a it's a one team league. They've won the league. I don't know how many years seven on the run. Years. Is it seven years. Yeah. PSG do the same in France. The one thing about City is we are in a competitive league. Okay, last year we ran away with it, but we're never we're not going to do that every year. As proved this year, it's a great league to be in. So. And he's got a closeness to the man, the you know all aboard, and a real respect from them. And, He's got as good a job as anyone because he can do whatever he wants. And he can name his price, can't he? he? Well, I mean, it's Why really... would you want? But I think he genuinely knows he could, the impact he can make. 
at City because there's so far for us still to go. No smoke without fire, Stephen? Do you think David's right? Probably approached him, probably had a conversation, maybe a dodgy email or two. Every word. Yeah. Yeah. All right, tell you what, um, we'll take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Uh, welcome back. Before we move back onto sort of City stuff, I just want to raise the issue because it has got many, many column inches, quite rightly, uh, the despicable behaviour of a thug who came on the playing area and struck Jack Grealish from the back, of course. Um, and kind of, I think also Chris Smalling was also pushed as well following Arsenal's second goal against Stratford. So... This is, and I suppose we can add in that Sterling's abuse that he took at Chelsea, not quite as bad as people actually coming on the pitch, but this seems to be a bit of a trend, and this weekend in particular there's those two incidents which has obviously caused a lot of concern. Your thoughts on that, but also potentially what punishment people should have? Is this about playing behind closed doors? Is it docking points? Is it defences go back up? And how are we going to protect players? Because... Someone could come on with a, you know, God forbid, you know, a knife or the, the, a crowbars, all sorts of things, and and, and the, it's a real worry and a real concern. Who wants to kick off yeah, on? I'll kick off. Number one, they have to do some precedence when these people are fined or any potential jail sentences. They've got to get a lot stricter. They've got to set precedence. I mean, it's strange how when something happens like the stabbing suddenly you then hear about 10 other stabbings all at the same time and it, become, it explodes. So suddenly this has exploded now at the weekend and over the last couple of weeks there's been a couple of things happening in Scotland as yeah, well. You're right. And it's for some reason when one happens, it's whether the copy up, but it suddenly explodes there again. And I don't know why it suddenly exploded, but the only way to nip in the blood is, is just... Yeah, they're going to have to be slightly more aware. The stewards of people are, you know, a bit more ring fence, but just punish them to stop them doing it. Is punishment the only answer? Do you think, Stato? I think prevention. I think prevention. First of all, when I go into the Etihad, I come up on the train. I've got my bag because I have a few bits in it. The search is at best mediocre, at very best. Cursory. 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 That's a good, good word. They look in the bag. And I could have something hidden in there quite easily. Prevention is the first one. So they need better security as you go into the ground to make sure that people aren't carrying any weapons. That doesn't prevent somebody from coming on the pitch and hitting, as, as happened at the weekend with Grealish, but it will help prevent the real serious issue that might come about. Let's hope it never does. Uh, in terms of punishment, then, once that person... If somebody gets into the ground with, a, let's say, a knife or a crowbar... The stewards and the stewards see that person around the pitch. The stewards aren't going to address it, are they? Let's be honest about it. They are paid probably the minimum wage. They're not going to risk their lives when they see somebody running on with a knife. I'm not sure what the right answer is. Clearly, Birmingham City in this case, they've got history. They were the worst team of the last season, apparently, in terms of the number of offences committed by their supporters anywhere mm. in the country. So they've yeah. got history here. Therefore, they should be under a watch, and they should be punished for it. I don't know what the right punishment is. And, but the stewarding, I don't know how you do that. It's really challenging. I'm not an expert on security, but I think they need to do something. Uh, no one wants fences back. I think we can all we, we know for all the reasons. Uh, I, I guess Stephen, unless you've got a different view, I don't know. Is that is that an option that will just, that will guarantee people not getting on the pitch? I suppose well, potentially. I think, I think that that's not gonna we're not that's not gonna happen given kind of history. Um, sure. I agree with Paul that 
I don't really know what to say or what the answer is. Um, I don't think you can play behind closed doors because you've got to remember out of every single football match that's gone on this weekend, it's two people out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Um, I've no idea what the punishment should be. There's no way that the fan who ran on and punched Grealish thought he was going to get away with it. He's not done it because he thought, oh, I'm just going to run off and I'll be fine. You know, he, he was always going to get arrested and banned. It's what punishment on top of that he receives. But it's, there's something around the tribalism of football and how, you know, the opposition are just the enemy. And that's kind of, you know, social media helps inflame that situation and, and the way that kind of people generally talk online to each other. This is going a lot deeper than I probably intended. But, and that's, that's beyond football. That's sure. kind of the nature of, of just online social media these days but uh, pr- yeah prevention's important punishment's important but there's i don't really know you know i think it's a, a incredibly serious issue obviously and it's almost an impossible answer as well but i think it's important because it is say it's across every back page social media is full of it. i just thought we, we should try and you know discuss it at least briefly and i think we'd all agree i think every football fan in the land unless you're a birmingham city fan to, to see Grealish score the winner was just you know Fantastic! I think many, many people celebrated that goal. Good for him, and we obviously wish him well. So you wouldn't wish that on anybody, not even your worst enemy. <coughs> so, a um, couple of questions. Uh, we asked for questions uh, on Twitter. Mark Allen. Um, uh, so, is Mendy really still injured or just out of favour like Fabian Delph? Which one is it? I reckon Mendy's injured, Delph out of favour. I think Del- Delph's back training now. Um, I think he was on the bench at the weekend. I just think, you know, we've not really seen him in a an important match since was it Leicester away Christmas time when we lost and he was sent off and at fault for one of the goals. Zinchenko's doing a good job at left back. Mendy, I think if he was fit, he'd be in the team tomorrow. Um, he's so important to the way Pep wants to play. But that's an odd one because he was out for months, came back for 20 odd minutes maybe against Burton, hasn't been seen again. Uh, David, give uh, Kim, who's a, a regular uh, question asker, uh, eight league matches to go. Who's got the advantage, us or Liverpool? And we're going to. Uh, there's only eight games to go. We're going to talk about this every week. Clearly, there's now. A, something on the Mail Online, and it's got every every game for the next eight games. Who we're playing? Who they're playing? They've got more home games. Yep. Uh, slightly easier games. At the moment, it favours them. And everyone keeps saying it's a f- we're going to win it, but you know we've got some tough games, and I I think the games are in favour of them. So I think it's more about them to lose as opposed to us to lose. I think the games are fairly close, to be honest. I think yeah, we've got to play Stratford and Tottenham are our two big uh, rivals. Palace away, but but Liverpool have got some tough games as well. Newcastle away, Newcastle away won't be easy. They've got Tottenham as well and Chelsea. Now Chelsea really do not like Liverpool, and they've got no one likes. No, look, nobody likes Liverpool. But Chelsea got this real animosity towards them. Uh, so Chelsea will be doing their best to to, to stop them. That's a, that's a big one. So I, I don't. I think we both got to play Cardiff. Both got to play Fulham. So it's, they got more home games. They've got four four. We've got three five. In, in an odd way, I think them having home games might be a hindrance. There's, there's so much pressure from Liverpool fans for, for this to be their year, for everything to change, the history, the, kind of the whole backbone that they claim the club's built on. And, and it's getting to them. You know, Klopp's reacting in a funny way every time. 
the home fans, I think Sterling mentioned it a few weeks ago around, you know, the fans just need to relax. You know, if they support the team as opposed to kind of bestow them with this absolute necessity to win, I don't know. Um, what, what, one last question before we get on to the FA Cup and I do want to talk about Schalke as well because many people will be listening to this on, on your way to the, to the game um, so this comes from our good friend George Alexander who says it's possible that if City and Stratford both get to the FA Cup I like the fact people are still calling them Stratford now both get to the FA Cup semi-finals and to the um, quarters of the Champions League that one of them will have to play on a Sunday and the following Tuesday do you expect either the FA or UEFA to move games to avoid this? I expect the FA to work it out um, as to because the FA Cup semi-final draw is after the Champions League draw. The Champions League dates will then be set. I would expect the FA if City are not playing Stratford in the FA Cup and we're not drawn against them in the Champions League. I expect whoever plays on the Saturday to play on the Tuesday. I think it will be absolutely diabolical for either team if they've got to play Sunday Tuesday. All right. Well, listen. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, George. And uh, Rachel as well. Hope uh, you're enjoying this on, on your way to Schalke. Um, so listen, let's, let's look forward then to, uh, to Schalke then. 3-2 uh, from the first leg. And uh, City clearly favourites, th- three away goals. But, you know, it's Europe. Anything can happen. Again, I think in their domestic league, they're having a bad time. Didn't they lose again at the weekend? Um, Stato, you're, you're, you're the man for this. To they they did. Off. I think it was 4-2, I think they lost at the weekend. They're yeah. having a terrible time. And let's be honest, against us your favourite subject, VAR, had that not come into play, we probably would have beaten them more comfortably. But it's 3-2. Uh, there's statistics on that that I saw, and they're not right up to date. Uh, 3% of teams that lose 3-2 at home get through, or, or look at it the other way, 97%. We've got 97% chance of getting through based on historical results. We should be able to do it. Uh, I'd be very disappointed, like we all would be, if we don't just wrap this up. City strong favourites, David. Yeah, I agree with Stato. Uh, you know, it, it should. I'm, I'm more interested in how we approach the game. Yeah. Do we play a strong team at the beginning and then take them off and give them a rest? To me, play your best team at the beginning. He's got, he's got to play the strongest 11, yeah. hasn't he? Just, take them off at half-time. Hopefully, if we've got a lead then, because then they're getting the second half as a rest as yeah. opposed to the first well, half. And Stephen, why wouldn't you do that? I agree completely. I think yes, so he has to. That's what I'm intrigued to see. If we were 3-0 up after the first leg, maybe a different question. I'm not sure it would be. But, you know, we've only got the one goal advantage. Um, I think he will play the first team. So how different would that be then from the team that uh, played Watford at the weekend? What sort of changes would you expect to see then if it is his, indeed his stronger side? I would, yeah, I think probably Sane and Famares. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, who, David will be pleased. Otamendi suspended, yeah. so you know someone has to come in. Stones looks like he might be fit enough. Or well, Laporte, I thought Laporte was on fit. the bench. Maybe yeah, I, I was surprised Laporte, to see that. I thought, well, I thought it was going to be injured. Stones, I think, might be fitter. So yeah, yeah. We can't see many other changes than that. Otherwise, otherwise, no, I don't if you so. looked at the bench at the weekend, you know, take out the keeper. You know, Danilo is the backup defender. Laporte was just coming back to fitness. Foden's probably not going to start. Delph's not going to start. You're going to play Aguero over Jesus at the moment, so there's actually not that many options. And he gave Foden his one minute just to get him another appearance. I mean, that, that's it's a waste it's a, it, it is a bit, isn't it? Really, and it, it kind of ridiculous. Well, all it does is he's had another appearance. Yeah. He, needs, he needs ten, does he, to get? No, to, no, to, he's got uh, enough now. He's got enough. So, so why did he? It's only five. Or it's five. So you yeah, right, It's five. It's five. More than qualified. So why? Why does he give him? Why does he do I that? I was just wasting time yeah. right at the very end. Was it? I don't think it was yeah. anything more. Really? Than that. I think if it had stayed at three one, at three one minutes, if they hadn't got their goal. I reckon he'd have come on maybe for David Silva for yeah. 20 minutes, but there's always that 
thought back of his mind. And before we're back next week, we've also got the uh, the matter of the FA Cup uh, in Welsh Wales uh, against Swansea. Uh, again, Stephen, your thoughts on that? Does, does it depend what happens in the Champions League or not? Or do you think whether we win, lose? No, or... we'll make changes. Um, keeper, you're never sure about. Um, but Danilo will play. I wouldn't be surprised. Delph plays. Mares will probably come in. Um, Foden, Jesus. But it's still going to be a strong team. Um, but again, I've, I've said it before on the podcast. We've been very lucky with cup draws hmm. this season. You know, Swansea are a good team. I don't, you know, the way they play, they're probably not going to sit back at home. They might actually try and, and come at us and play their style of football. So. Yeah, it's, it's a good draw for Make us, a nice change for somebody coming at us rather than playing six at the back. I mean, make a nice, pleasant we've change. We've got quite a gap, haven't we, after Swansea? It's international Because break. of international break, which might have an effect on the team he plays, knowing we haven't got a game the next week. But but the players still have games. Yeah, but let's hope so. But it, we've, got quite, we've got enough injured well, not to turn it. It'll be good that. to get yeah. Fernandinho We've got a nice break for that as well. So, so thoughts then on the FA Cup? In terms of the squad, I agree with Stephen. Those sort of changes seems to make sense. It's history says that's kind of what he's going to do. Yes, he'll make some changes depending on fitness. Uh, what happens in the Schalke game, but yeah, he'll make some changes. Foden you'd expect to play, and certainly mess around with one or two of the positions. Jesus you'd expect to come on for Aguero, give him a rest. Um, so yeah. I so before so. we go, then two cup competitions. By the time we come back uh, for the next show next week, uh, so. Through both, through to the next round of the Champions League and the FA Cup for you, Stato, comfortably in both? I wouldn't necessarily say comfortably, but we'll be through. Through on both, David? I think so. And the yeah, full, yeah, through on both. But then we'll have semi-final FA Cup, quarter-final Champions League, and where Stratford will be, it's going to really be quite interesting. I said before, we could end up playing them, playing them four times yeah, in the next few weeks. David, that will be fascinating. David Blakeney, bring it on. Or we could play them once in April, League, once in May, FA Cup, yeah. once in June, Champions yeah, League. Yeah. That would be... I don't know whether my blood pressure could take it. No. <laughs> well, we'll see. A huge thanks to my three guests, to Stephen Allwise, to David Blakeney, and to Stato Paul Denby. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.